Good afternoon, Jamie. How's it going, Keith? Uh, it's going pretty good. Good. I'm, uh, I'm over here trying to make sure a possum doesn't get into my basement. Oh, that's that's fun. Yeah. Uh, the neighbor sent me a picture of a of a baby possum who was trying to crawl into our basement windows. Nice. Listen, if a possum comes through this basement window while I'm recording this podcast, there's going to be some editing. That's all I'm going to say. I might leave it in just for, you know, the okay. grittiness factor. Okay. Really okay. show okay. the real world how it is. Yeah, possums. Yeah. How are things going over there, man? Uh, things are pretty good. Yeah, things You're, are things are doing good. I just missed successfully doing the thing that I was trying to do for this week's podcast. Uh, so <laughs> after that it was, was delayed, a, yeah, I was delayed by five minutes there on that one too. Um, I mean, and some days, so I would have totally missed it before. But uh, of course, it's because I'm like, oh well, while I'm here, I'm just going to upgrade all the things. Like so. Mm that per usual that that sort of situation happens but let's just dig into it i guess all right man let's so see. my my goal was to get everything deployed and i'm legitimately everything is like deployed my whole kubernetes cluster is all spun up and i've got all of the like ingress stuff set up so that i can set up domains and let's encrypt auto generate some certs for them just like automatically and uh I'm literally running into a situation right now where it's just like I keep screwing up something inside of the config file based on some upgrades that I made. Rebuild the image, push the image back up, uh, try to get the image to deploy, and it'll run into an error at like a different spot. So at this point, it's literally all in programmer land and me just screwing up repeatedly. <laughs> uh, so you had but, it finished, and then you 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 shave some yaks, yeah, and now it doesn't work. Yeah, the yak the yak kicked me in the face, and uh, now well, it's broken again. <laughs> But it's an easy, easy fix. I mean, it's just literally follow the errors until you have resolved all of the dumb things that I've done. But Listen, man, I think that's a win. I think you did it. I think it's totally a win. Like, I'm so close yeah. now that I'm just like, I get a, to work on my um, the actual application now, which uh, we'll, we'll talk about and, you know, what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I'm feeling so much better about it. Also, I really like the setup. Like Kubernetes is pretty sweet, turns out, like just like it was three years ago when I checked it out. <laughs> and yeah, so I've been having fun with that. So what does that look like? Like what is your deployment? Um, so I mean, a lot of it is understanding all of the like different resource types that exist inside of Kubernetes. So when we were like going back on Chronic's like monster deployment scheme, like a lot of that was just me like piecemeal and putting crap together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kubernetes has kind of all that stuff built in, plus it's extensible so you can add new things on. So like, uh, it's basically, I define what my deployment looks like, which is just like, Hey, I need you to pull these environment variables from these encrypted secrets and, or this unencrypted, you know, config map thing, which is basically the same way you would set environment variables on a Heroku or whatever. Mm. Um, and then give it the image that I need to. So I have to like push to Docker hub and it'll pull that stuff down automatically when it's going and doing its deployments. And then the deployments are the things that manage the health of the container, which is in this case is a pod is like a thing that wraps a container. But you know, like if I destroy the pod, the deployment will automatically create a new one. Destroy the pod. Yeah. So like, that's actually one of the like easy ways while I'm like debugging this thing, the fastest way for me to redeploy this uh, container is to just nuke the pod that I'm working with and the deployment will automatically spin one up with the changes to the image, which is an interesting thing, but it's, I like the self healing nature of it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But then on top of that, you have a service, which is a concept that is basically like how you your deployment manages the health uh, and like replica sets of your um, your pods, and then your service is the way you like expose it to the outside world. So that stuff's all configured. Uh, and then there's the ingress layer, which is kind of how you define what incoming stuff is supposed to get mapped to what service. But it's basically like the Nginx layer in my case, where I get to be like, hey, this is this host name is supposed to go to these this service, which then maps to all of these deploy like this deployment stuff under the scenes. And all this is configured through like YAML files that are declarative. So if I make a modification to one of them and I do Kubernetes apply or kubectl apply, it'll go and make only the necessary changes to make update the state to the way it's supposed to be. Hmm. And yeah, it's a uh, overall, I mean, it's been a lot of, a lot of learning on some of this. I've never used cert manager, which is like a custom sort of resource type that you can use inside of Kubernetes that somebody built that uh, handles all of the like let's encrypt stuff. So I can say, Hey, this is my let's encrypt configuration. Use this email address. And I want you to go fetch this domain and map it to this service. And it'll go off and do that for me. Cool. So that's been pretty cool. And yeah, everything's uh, pretty much good to go. I Unfortunately, I the domain name is actually a little bit uh, messed up. Or the, the domain is fine. The uh, SSL certificate's not quite right yet. And that's just because mm-hmm. I deployed it before the actual container was working. So like there were some, some weird issues there. But... Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty damn close to to being deployed, so I can get back to dev stuff. How long do you think that took you? Set that all up? Uh, honestly, like a dedicated time, probably a couple of hours. I was I was pretty busy over the last couple of weeks, just because like I had a course that I was wrapping up for work, um, Mother's Day stuff. The weather was nice for a few days, so like Kendra and I were hitting outdoor work really hard. Uh, so I actually didn't dedicate as much time as, as I would have liked to have. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have gotten it done. I mean, 100% done by by right now. And in the midst cool. of doing all those things, I was like upgrading to Phoenix 1.5 and figuring out different like, you know, applying the changes to live view stuff and whatnot. So like there are some things inside the app that are like just remarkably broken at the moment. But uh, Chris McCord has a has a gist. Yeah, I, I, that just works every time. Okay, cool. It's cool. it's like some of my other dependencies. I ran into dependency conflicts and need to, you know, there are just other things in there. But it feels like it's pretty close at this point. I think I'm literally just screwing up small configuration values uh, because it does all run locally. So it has to be in that, like the differences between dev and prod. Um, are you um, hosting this? Um, like, is your container, uh, your Elixir container, like on uh, DigitalOcean or something? Something? Yeah, so I'm using yeah. DigitalOcean's managed Kubernetes stuff. Mm. So basically, that just means they manage my Kubernetes uh, master node installation and stuff. So I won't have to worry about managing, like upgrading Kubernetes myself. I just get to worry about using Kubernetes. Um, but yeah, it's like I basically have a cluster of like three nodes that I'm working with on these things to uh, kind of deploy things. But at the end of the day, like once you get it to that point, then it, you kind of get yourself into working with your own like platform as a service it's basically like just my own custom heroku at the moment um nice. just yeah so it's it's looking pretty good and then uh yeah i want to i want to pitch some some uh little dev marketing idea to you oh so everybody you do like, it now de- or? developers love their stacks right stacks 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 on stacks they like mean stack oh you're not using the, dude you're on the lamp stack Holy oh crap. lamp like, stack oh so, dude, no code stack jam stack jam stack yeah so i i'm proposing the plate stack 
Ooh. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, there it is, man. Um, that's the um, Phoenix. Um, uh, hold on, let me think of what the rest. Live think view. You could also work with Python. Okay, that's true. That's true. It could work. Well, it wouldn't work on the on the L, but we're going with Phoenix Live View, Alpine JS for like real simple stuff. The sprinkles. The sprinkles and the Tailwind and Elixir. So plate stack, baby. Wow. Um, how long how mind. long did did that come, take to go? Did that take longer than your deployment setup? To, to uh, it might with? it was tape stack until like two hours ago. I just left the L out. And <laughs> dude, plate stack is so much better. <laughs> I know, dude. Plate stack already, even makes sense. I already see the logo in my head. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm excited to get back to working on my plate stack application. And yeah. Dude. I'm I'm pate I'm pate stacking. Pate stack? Yeah, I'm not using yeah, yeah. live or, view. No, see, once you if you don't well, have the, using, the live view, I'm not you're using not using Alpine. Alpine either. I'm not using Alpine either. So, I'm using man. React. So you got man, I got a whole different stack. I'm gonna th- figure on, we out got, my we stack. Got Tailwind, Elixir. I'm not Phoenix, using Tailwind yet. <clears throat> oh, you're not using Tailwind yet. So you're using uh, style React. components. Style components. So go ahead and throw that in there. Uh, okay. <laughs> you got the. You're in the rep stack, dude. I'm in React, the Elixir, Phoenix, and styled components. The rep. <laughs> rep stack um are you like in uh live view you done any work on it over the last uh, i haven't messed with it too much oh. uh since my original like big chunk that i had done with that i mean i just think it's it's cool it's like going back to the how fast we used to build things with rails and doing so much stuff server side and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i like the idea of not doing which is one of the reasons i'm kind of digging using alpine for stuff is that at that point it's like i don't even have to write a lot of javascript it's like mostly just using like annotations and like very small annotations in the actual html and uh it's like smaller than jquery what do you need alpine way, for if you're using like um, little teeny tiny little interactions that don't require any sort of state update on the back like hiding a or showing a menu or something yeah 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 but yeah so i'm using that as a thing and uh yeah I'm, i'm pretty excited about it so well, now that we're basically done with the deployments, uh, working back in the plate stack area, um, <laughs> since I had benched doing like modifying my user stuff, now I get to go through and do like, I want to get all my auth kind of things done so I can kind of get a couple of beta users in here just working with some stuff, like just buddy as of mine. And uh, I don't know if that's going to be me going down the using POW like I had suggested for user stuff or if I'm going to see what the new auth generator thing that mm-hmm. is packaged with Phoenix one five does, but I'm going to, that's kind of my goal for next week is kind of get all the user stuff figured out. So I literally legitimately don't need to mod- like mess with user things. Cause that's like the boring stuff. That's not even really part of the domain of the, mm-hmm. of the actual content. So I want to get that out of the way and I'm, I'm not going to set any like crazy lofty goals or like if I get that out of the way and can like solely focus on the actual business of the application after that, then I'll be totally stoked. Yeah. Chronic doesn't even have like user registration stuff. I just set their account up on the back end. They tell them what their password is mm-hmm. and they roll with it. Nice. So. Cool, man. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in how, what you think about the new auth stuff in one five. Yeah, I'm. I legitimately haven't yeah. looked at it at all. Yeah, besides yeah, yeah, that blog post originally, but even then, it like didn't show you the code that it generates. Really. Yeah. Same here. Same here. So yeah, I'll, I'll dig into that, and I will report my findings on the next time we record. Nice. Cool. 
So what's the next two uh, weeks of yours look like? So yeah, next two weeks, I just want to get the user stuff done. If I can do more than that, like I would hope I could do more than that. But if I don't, I'm not going to be mad at myself. Are those users that you're planning on um, like beta testing? Are they like uh, Pokemon collectors? Yeah, they're all people who actually play cards and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I want to get people who legitimately would use it to do it. And then I need to, I guess this, we'll put this other one on there. Cause I'm not going to share it with anybody until I fix some of the, the stuff, the like layout and styling and stuff is not like all that well converted over to tailwind yet. Mm-hmm. So I want to get the, the views that do exist, very limited number of those. I want to get those switched over to using tailwind and tailwind UI stuff. You got to get them on the plate stack. Yeah, dude, it's in the, they're not up to the plate stack yet. No problem. So yeah, I'm missing the T. Right. Cool. Uh, so chronic. Yeah. Chronic, chronic. Uh, did a lot of work on chronic. One of the things, um, so programming wise, um, basically the thing that I worked on over the last two weeks, um, was the server side integrations. Mm -hmm. So I'm now going back to integrations instead of plugins. Oh, is that based on your, uh, asking people? Yeah, uh, it was sort of. Um, I only got like 15 responses or so, which is what I would normally get from my Twitter audience. Um, mm-hmm. And they they also liked integrations. But I also did like a lot of work on, I just looked at just a ton of apps that have quote unquote plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at Slack and Microsoft Teams and Asana and GitHub and GitLab and um all these other things, um, Salesforce. Anyway, and they all use either two things. They either use apps, the name apps, or they use the name plugins, or I'm sorry, integrations. Oh, okay. They use integrations or apps. Um, Yeah, I looked at like Zapier and um, uh, what's the other? Oh, Ift. Ift, Ift. And like Ift uses integrations. So... Yeah, I was like, eh, I'll go with integrations. Um, so I ripped out all the, my original plan was just leave, going to leave the integration stuff in there mm-hmm. and then work on the plugins and then rip the integration stuff out. But I ripped the existing integration stuff out there, which was based um, mostly on the idea that certain workflow steps would have some sort of integration that would be Elixir code. So it would run some sort of Elixir code. Mm-hmm. And now integrations are basically right now they're just subscriptions. So uh, you can assign uh, certain uh, lifecycle events, so timer ticked or timer stopped, timer to a URL that gets called on your system. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Wait. So like and, on localhost. <clears throat> Uh, no. So let's say you're, let's say we're integrating with, uh, Pokedex, right? Uh-huh. So that, uh, on your breaks, you want to, um, see, uh, your, your, your collection or something, right? Yeah, or, okay. Your friend's collection. Uh-huh. So you Pokedex would assign workflows, uh, finished to, um, some URL on Pokédex, so it would go okay, in. gotcha. When yeah. you said, I was thinking like uh, URLs to things on disk, sort of like when you said on right. your system. So I was like, oh, so it's like for this one, it's going to point to a file on the machine that has the application deployed. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. Okay, yep. so that's how I'm going to implement the reverb stuff. So 
Reverb, which is an app that I'm building, is going to have hooks, web hooks into the Reverb stuff. And the responses from those um, web hooks, um, we're going to have different types of responses, but right now the only type is going to be, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but basically it's the, the, the current state of that plugin updated. So like on the next Pomodoro, you want to play this sound, right? Uh-huh. The res- those responses are going to get sent back to um, Chronic, and then Chronic will fire off a WebSocket event to its clients saying that the state has been updated. Okay. And so now the clients will get that state and then perform the right actions on there. Gotcha. So this is much more dynamic than, uh, I mean, this is really going down the route of your, you're moving the plugin out of Chronic's server essentially, yes. but okay. That's nice. Yep. Yeah. It goes to the kind of the concept of like Chronic is done, it's finished. And now we're adding all these types of additional s- services to it. Um, so i worked on that. Uh, I didn't get as far as I wanted because I did a lot of like research and looking at other stuff. And I wanted to, I wanted to be on the reverb side of things by now. Uh, I'm almost mm-hmm. there. Uh, that's actually probably my next step. So, gotcha. so that's going to be my next two weeks is, is hopefully getting that, that done and completed. Um, I don't see nice. any, any issues with, with getting that done. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, Uh, And then I've also been using chronic a lot and I've learned like a lot of like what's missing from chronic um, as like an alpha user, if I was just using it and Mm -hmm. there, there, some of them are big things. Like I never know when the Pomodoro is up, (laughs) it doesn't play sounds on some, some, so that's what I'm working on now with the reverb stuff. Uh, The displaying of time and like the pausing and unpausing it's hard to explain what the issue is, but it's like too, it's too sudden. It's too much of a jolt when that stuff happens and that could be nicer and smoother. Oh, so you basically want to animate the changing of, uh, of the time. The yep. Buttons. <laughs> yep. And then sometimes when you hit pause, it seems like chronic is somehow getting, so it'll pause. Then you'll see the play button. Then it'll play again real quick and then pause again. I don't know what that's from. Like it changes the play button back for a second? Yeah. Yep. Oh. For a second. It's it's like it's getting like oh, it's, a I resume know. Yeah. event or, or something. Well, yeah. it looks what's probably happening is when that is clicked, it's triggering a local update and then you're receiving a paused event back later. So like, yes. you click it. It pauses locally without ever talking to the server. You receive yep. the next tick event back, which still says you're running, but then you receive the paused event back and it moves you back to the pause state. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Good. Thank you for explaining my application. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> no. very good. Uh, that's very good. That's that's exactly what I was thinking, but you, you actually put it into real world words. Um, yes, I think that's exactly what's happening. So just some like maybe some debouncing or something that's that'll help that or, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what you would do to, uh, to fix that. I mean, the one solution is you don't do a local update to the client, but then it'll feel slow. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of playing around with, um, just, just how it feels. Mm -hmm. Um, and then coming up with a solution. Um, so I'll, I'll hopefully have more to report about uh, that later. 
nice. and then the other thing that happened over the last few weeks is I took that Pomodoro technique class. Oh, by, right. Um, okay, cool. By the creator of the Pomodoro technique. Uh, it was like a two hour. So he has three levels. Uh, I took the first level, which is like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And it basically just teaches you why the Pomodoro technique is, is good and mm-hmm. correct. And why there's, okay. So what chronic's been focusing on is just kind of the running of the Pomodoro, you know, like being mm-hmm. in the Pomodoro, but there's a lot that goes into it. It's the planning stage, which I know you were really excited about when you were working on the app. Yeah. That was and one then, of the big things that I was. Yeah. Wanting. Yes. So, I realized like there's a lot more. So it kind of goes back to my decision I talked about last time where I'm just focusing on the iOS app. And I think that's a really good decision because I want to kind of integrate a little bit of this stuff uh, in the other edges of running your Pomodoro um, just with one app, focus on one app. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and like he talked about blocking off time and, you know, how it integrates with your calendar and things like that. So are you yeah. going to niche into Pomodoros as a thing? No, okay. no. Um, but I think that stuff is important. Yeah. I think yeah, I th- those I think concepts, concepts that come, behind them are good. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm, I yeah. came at, I wanted chronic to be almost more of a time boxing application. Yes. Yes. And which is kind of, since I don't work in Pomodoros anymore, I was like, I don't need it to be Pomodoro specific. I just needed box time. Yeah, the focus, and that's the focus of, of chronic. Like, I, I don't want to market chronic with like, uh, hey, uh, you know, hustle, you know, got to get more hustle and you got to work more and, you know, chronic will help you work more. What chronic's uh, main goal is to be able to, when you're working, you want to be able to do more focused work. Yeah. And yes. And Take so that's of your time really is what you want. And yes. in a sense, like, you know, this is what you're doing during this time, focus on it for real. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that exists outside of technology is, is kind of the thing. It's like, you need to help push people into the solutions that it takes to, in order to better be able to do that. And that is being deliberate about things and, um, narrowing your focus on things and, uh, honestly, I think one of the, the Pomodoro technique things that I've never done a good job of is like monitoring distractions. Yes. And he, that's the other thing he talked about is like how your, your, your current Pomodoro is, you have to listen to your current Pomodoro. So if there is a distraction and it gets you away from your Pomodoro, that Pomodoro is dead. Like if you're responding to that distraction, uh, right now, then you're out of Pomodoro and you should just kill it. Right. Yeah. And that's, you can see that in a lot of Pomodoro apps. Um, and something will kind of, I'll kind of support. Um, so interruptions is another big thing. I did ask him about like his thoughts around deep work and Cal Newport. Uh, there was only about five or six other people on this course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't want to like argue with them because his response to the deep work is, he he's he believes that deep work is uh, a, a fear a response in fear of of a of 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 a pomodoro. You're in fear that you'll never get back to that flow state if you take a break and you listen to your pomodoro. Which 
I believe them, but I don't think that's a fear response. I think it's a desired state that you want to get to, not something that's born out of fear. Yeah, no. I and think so I mean, I totally he disagree. was trying to bring it back to his thing, not Kel's yes, thing. You exactly. know what I mean? That's all he was trying exactly. to do. Exactly. Well, I think he truly believes it. Um, but uh, I don't, I, I totally disagree with, with, uh, with his response there. So. Oh, and I think that's one of the things about deep work any, that's interesting too, is like, he's not even prescriptive about it. Mm-hmm. He's not like you have to work for a two hour segment or whatever. He's like, no, it's like you find the chunks that work for you and you hear the things you kind of need to do in order to uh, allow your work to be as focused as possible. Yeah. And he also gives many examples throughout his book of why deep work is a desired state of working. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, that's half of his book is, is why, you know, he's able to do all these uh, papers and white, white papers and research and stuff because he's able to do this deep work. And so part of me thinks he didn't really read the book. He kind of just knows the, uh, the, the basis of the book. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, I was just curious about that question because I wanted to see how he, why 25 minutes and why, uh, uh, why he's chosen the, the 25 minutes. That feels like um, such an arbitrary time too. It is. And he says, um, he started talking about some science about it's based on your concentration, but I've always heard, you know, your concentration is like, you know, f- at 14 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, but that's part of like why you want to train it to be, to be able to ignore those external distractions and be able to be calm and focused while you're working, uh, not thinking about other stuff. So I think that time is, yeah, kind of just, just made up and yeah, he's kind of worked backwards. You can fit two Pomodoros in one hour. That's why. Exactly. (laughs) It's exactly why. I mean, it's 30 minutes. So, yeah. He also talked about how the physical, the turning of a physical timer Uh is like a good signal that, Hey, I'm working now. Oh, I can believe that. He's building, he built a physical cue into a habit. Yeah. I'd like that idea. Like, uh, and I'm just wondering if there's some way like, uh, you know, I've also, also thought about, you know, on the on chronic on iPhone, you can flip it over and that'll start your Pomodoro, mm-hmm. um, you know, just doing something physical to kind of start. So I'm thinking about things like yeah, that. I think that's a good idea. I also want to create a, I want to create a physical timer device, man. Are you that hooks into chronic. Yeah. It hooks into chronic. I saw a couple, uh, a couple, somebody sent me one over the weekend, uh, some, uh, Kickstarter thing. And it's, is it that thing that's like a, uh, an eight sided die? Yeah. That you No, can, like, I have that thing. I have that oh, thing. Oh, you that, have that thing? Yeah. That, that, yeah. Of course I do. I've tried them all. Um, yeah, that one's called like Timex or something, I think. Okay. Um, but there's a new one that's like a, a, a hexa, uh, a hexagon that you oh, can okay. kind of flip around. It, it's horrible. It's, it's not good. <laughs> And I just know I can do better. So, and also I want to build physical products. So anyway, that's down the road. Um, so yeah, that was my last, uh, few weeks, man. So my next week is I'm going to get these, uh, sounds working and then Pat paved the way to a better active backgrounds server side integration instead of how it's built right now. So, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. It's uh, nice to have both of us have positive things for once instead of me being like, yeah, I didn't do it again. I failed <laughs> again. So yeah, I'm feeling much better now. Uh, it's a definite self-esteem booster. It's probably also because the seasons are changing and 
dude, I am the such a victim of uh, just like seasonal effectiveness. Mm-hmm. I'm so mm-hmm. bad in the winter always, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice. I'm excited to see what happens in two weeks, but uh, I will talk to you then. All right. See you, man.